I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. It wasn't long ago that I was stuck in a soul-draining job held back by fears and limiting beliefs that stopped me from following my purpose and making a positive impact in the world. Fast forward past many hours of inner work and lessons learned, I now write books and teach courses to help you find and follow your purpose too. I created the Lit Up Lightworker podcast to empower you with simple, actionable, step-by-step spiritual tools and practices to overcome what holds you back and light up the world. If you're a spiritual seeker yearning for a more soulful and purposeful life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. 
Before we get started, let me remind you that my third book, Protect Your Light, a practical guide to energy protection, cleansing and cutting cords, is available to order globally on Amazon. When you get the book, you also get the Psychic Scanning Online Workshop for free, during which I'll guide you to turn on your psychic vision and scan your body for all types of energy attack so you can clear them. And you can visit protectyourlightbook.com to get all the details. My other two books are also available. The first one is called Be the Guru and the second one is called Lightworkers Gotta Work and you can go to lightworkersgottawork.com to get all the details about that. And there's also a free life purpose bootcamp workshop when you get that one. Also, be sure to download one of my free guides in the description of this episode that will guide your spiritual journey. I have guides all about finding your purpose, developing your intuition and protecting your energy. If you enjoy this podcast episode, make sure to share it with your friends. Make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. That's going to be really helpful in letting others discover the podcast too. And I'm so excited to have you here for another episode. And today we'll be talking all about queer gender neutral tarot. And I want to start with a story as I usually do. Now, this isn't the easiest thing for me to talk about, but I feel it's important that I do so. I was only able to fully and unapologetically be myself when my dad passed away three years ago. Now, that was a very surprising thing for me to realize and something I felt guilty about for a long period of time, but I have made my peace with it, especially after understanding what's truly behind this. You see, we're all shaped by systems. We're shaped by familial systems, cultural, ancestral, past life, spiritual systems. As soon as we're born into this world, we are introduced to narratives about how to be and how to live on the planet. Our parents, our teachers, our friends, the school, books we read, films and media, and all the institutions that run the world condition us in certain ways. A big part of the spiritual journey is identifying and releasing this old programming and learning how to live life on our own terms. What my dad's passing taught me was how deep-seated certain beliefs can be. Because while I was actively doing the inner work for years, I was blissfully unaware that my dad's mere presence was unconsciously blocking me from expressing myself fully. So after his passing, I ended up getting two piercings, I dyed my hair blonde, I launched a gay sex podcast, I got into drama school, and I recently bought my first mermaid tail. I'm so excited about it. And by the way, all of these are things that my dad would disapprove of. I also felt more comfortable blending my masculine and feminine energies and challenging gender boundaries. I found myself embracing makeup. I can feel it turning into an obsession. <laughs> Rocking a mermaid shell crown. Make sure to check out my Instagram for that one. And fearlessly expressing my feminine side. So I've been fascinated by this concept of gender since college. And I've had many conversations about it, especially on my Can't Host podcast. If you don't know, I have a podcast called Can't Host, which is all about gay sex and relationships. Now, one such conversation was with my friend, queer and non-binary artist, Ari Wisner. Ari is the creator of the Transient Light Tarot by Hay House. They've been on my Can't Host podcast previously talking about non-binary queer sex and relationships. And I was so excited to have them back to chat about their tarot deck on this podcast. So 
Specifically, in this interview, you'll learn alternative terms for masculine and feminine energies, the importance of having gender-neutral art in life and in tarot, why Ari added four extra cards to their tarot deck, and how to navigate life's changes and transitions, which is what this deck is all about. When you enjoy listening to this episode, make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let us know how you enjoyed it. And I can't wait for you to experience the magic of Ari Wisner. Enjoy! Ari Wisner is a queer illustrator and designer based in London and is the author of the new Transient Light Tarot deck published by Hay House. Through art and card decks, Ari aims to create tangible tools to aid reflection, prompt intuition and promote authentic, peaceful living. Ari works primarily with the themes of transience, personal freedom, empowerment, queerness, balance and unity. Ari, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Hello, thank you very much. It's an honor. It's lovely to have you here to chat about your new deck, the Transient Lighter, which I have here with me. Those of you watching the video will see it. And I love and of course, I reviewed the deck as well for for YouTube and I absolutely loved it. So um, if you're watching or listening this right now, make sure to uh, Google George Lizos Transit Light Tarot, and then you'll see the episode pop up on YouTube, so you can see the whole uh, the whole deck. So I'm so excited to chat about the deck. But before we get there, I want to hear a little bit about your history with and your journey with spirituality, discovering your intuition, and working with the tarot. I read something in your uh, in the guidebook for the book, so I have a clue. But why don't you let everyone know what this journey has been for you? Sure. Um... I'll try to keep it concise. <laughs> so um, I, I come from a very um, uh, religious uh, Christian background. I grew up in a, a smaller sect of Christianity, um, which has quite significant differences actually to mainstream Christianity. But um, basically I was brought up with a very uh, narrow view of the world and of spirituality and what the divine is. And um, so I was very, I was very committed to that. I didn't leave that religion until I was about 27, uh, 25, 27. Um, within that space, I could not be queer. I believed, I myself believed it was sinful and wrong. Um, and uh, so I married, I got divorced. I was chucked out of that church. Um, and then um, I started my spiritual journey outside of those walls. Um, so I started at looking uh, at some more sort of liberal Christianity and I started questioning my beliefs and uh, things didn't really get clear until I fell in love for the first time um, with a man. <laughs> and I, I left the church fully when I was 27 and I moved to London. Um, but the problem with was moving from that, um, I suddenly had this, this whole spirituality. I've always been a very spiritual person. Suddenly I didn't know what was true. Um, I didn't know, I couldn't, I didn't know how to listen to my own heart or my intuition. I'd always been told that that was something that you shouldn't trust. Um, you know, I, I was believe, I, I believe that the, you trust the Lord only and not your own understanding. So um, I came across the tarot um, at a festival, <laughs> um, a lovely duo, um, cabaret tarot duo, uh, were doing some workshops and I, it just connected to me instantly, I think, because it was so visual and it gave me the power to um i think it it, it, it really touches 
visually it touches you inside if that makes sense and it reflects like a mirror and you realize that all these wisdoms that you're looking for are quite often just under the surface of your own skin you just need something to sort of draw them out um so that's how i got into tarot <laughs> um and uh obviously my perspectives on life and stuff has changed a lot since um how i came to make the tarot um was when the lockdown happened and um i'm an illustrator so it just seemed like a perfect challenge um and i created my first tarot deck which was um a square tarot deck uh, but then it was the transient light it was this deck that i i really got personal with it and to be honest the creation of it was a cathartic healing journey for me um so i started making it for myself alone <laughs> Never thought I would self-publish it. Then I did self-publish it, um, and then it went on to Hay House. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's oh my that's goodness. That's how, um, yeah. how I got to this spot. I hear you. I, I got a, a bit emotional listening to your story, and you texted me yesterday. You're like, I he, so Ari texted me yesterday, and and they were like, oh my god, I I listened to your podcast with Hannah. We have kind of a similar story, and like I get the story now, and that's why I got a little well triggered in a good way, touched essentially because I too grew up in in an Orthodox Christianity. In Orthodox Christianity, I was brought up very religious, and I was very religious up until I was twenty, uh, sorry, fifteen years old, when because of all all the dogma and not being able to accept the fact that I was gay, I actually tried to commit suicide and I stopped myself before I actually did it. And I'm like, you know what? Something needs to change. And that's when I entered my, my path. And now I'm the exact opposite. I'm a pagan. <laughs> I'm a Greek <laughs> pagan priest, like the exact opposite of like uh, Christianity. Uh, but it's, it's very interesting how when we go through an experience like that and we break through the dogma and then we, we liberate ourselves and we find freedom, something beautiful comes out of it. And we push the boundary of, of what is because so far tarot has been perceived a certain way. It had like 78 cards and a specific kind of symbolism, some specific kind of names. And because you were held within certain stereotypes for so long, having broken from that, you were in the creative space where you were like, you know what, let's just take Tarot and just create something new out of it, change it, expand it, bring it to the 21st century and the conversations we're having right now. So for those of, uh, of the listeners who haven't, um, who haven't experienced a transient light tarot yet, let's talk a little bit about how it's different from traditional tarot. So how is it different? Um, so I suppose the biggest change I've made is that I've gender neutralized it, which was a really interesting process. Um, I find that often in tarot traditionally, um, gender is kind of used, like gendered terms and visuals are kind of used as shorthand for what we perceive sometimes to be very opposite characters. So we think of, you know, uh, authority or strength um, as opposed to intuition and beauty and nurture. And um, I found that so problematic because not only is it problematic to assign characteristics to a gender, but also it, it takes away the link between the two that like you can't have strength without um, vulnerability and you can't have vulnerability without strength so um and as a queer person it just made sense i wanted a deck that was um not shadowed with those kind of gendered ideas 
Um, but I also didn't want to make uh, like a novelty deck. Like this isn't a, a queer deck, you know, it's not a, it's not exclusively for queer people. It, it, it's, it's just neutralizing those terms and those in, that imagery. So that's the main difference that I've made to it. Um, second is that it's plastic free. And because I self-publish it first, that's how I did it. And Hay House have been very, very gracious in um, finding a way of doing that um, because I, I believe they haven't done that before um, and they had to source a way of doing it that was cost-effective and that could work. And, and they've done it really, really beautifully. I'm really thankful that they allowed me to keep that aspect of the deck when I was just printing it in very small batches. Um, so yeah, um, there's three bonus cards, um, the past, present and future. And um, I wrote a guidebook that's included, and also within the guidebook, um, I have some beautiful um, bespoke poetry that my friend Fausta, um, I invited her in um, to create those specifically for the Major Arcana, and also to introduce each um, house. And she did a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, yes, they're they're absolutely beautiful. I love the poems. They they just match the each suit so perfectly. And let's talk about the the gender neutral cards that are there, so that people are aware of them. So, can you can do you remember them all? Can you list them? Yeah, sure. Um, so starting with the court cards, I renamed the king the crown, the queen. I renamed the keeper. Uh, the knights. I renamed the champions. And the pages, I renamed the apprentice. Um, and then in the major arcana, and the emperor and the empress, I renamed to the. Let me get this right. <laughs> There's a lot of words. I've got. I've got them. Um, it's the nurturer, the nurturer, the nurturer, the defender, the defender, and then we also have the revealer, which is temperance. Uh, no, that's the high priestess. Oh, that's the high priestess, and then temperance oh, yeah. is the proclaimer. Yeah, the, no, so the claimer is the hierophant. Oh yes, the hierophant. Sorry, the hierophant, I keep yeah. confusing them. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, and by doing by renaming them in this way, I think because I wanted to, I wanted to because these cards mirror each other, and I think often I saw them when they were gendered as very opposite, whereas actually they work together really beautiful. Like the proclaimer and the revealer, they're both about that kind of teaching role, but in a very different ways. One is yes. proclaiming and kind of imparting wisdom, whereas the other is more of a come and see, <laughs> come and see and use your intuition. And the same with the emperor and the empress. Um, they're very, very similar and and um, work off each other and overlap. So I wanted to sort of get those nuances across both visually and in the name, but just without saying this is the mother card or this is the Pope card, um, because I just don't think uh, that gender language is needed or um, useful. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yes, and the, the same kind of energies are there. It's just in a more balanced way, which I which I find so interesting. Now let's talk about masculine and feminine energies because these are definitely energies that everybody's talking about. I talk about masculine, feminine energy in my book and 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 how it relates to sexuality and gender and sex and all of that. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to have a conversation about that because I would love to hear the the way you perceive those energies from a non-binary perspective. So the way that I've talked about them in in my book Lightworkers gotta work I'm, I'm saying that we have sex which is biological we have gender which is social it's somewhat something you choose you have sexuality which is biological it's something that's given mm -hmm. and then you have masculine and feminine energy which is spiritual and it exists within all these different domains and it flows mm -hmm. in a balanced way now what is your perspective with regards to that and how do you perceive it are these terms needed or are they completely irrelevant at this point i don't think they're needed but I totally understand why they exist. And I don't um, I don't want to nullify that because they have their reasons. So for example, um, I'm gonna go into Christianity here because that's my context. Um, my struggle when I was coming to terms with my sexuality and my gender identity and how that fitted with biblical ideas is that obviously the Bible has Adam and Eve and that's very gendered um, and very opposite. And with reflection, I think what was the lesson, I think you, the, the story behind the Adam and Eve story is that if we wanted to illustrate love, how would you do that? The best way to do that is to take two opposites and bring them together. So of course, a beautiful illustration of love is to take two opposite um, genders or sexes. Um, but that doesn't mean that's the only way, way that love can manifest and, and such. So I think how I see masculine energies and feminine energies is that they, they're, they're different characteristics that exist. Like there are opposing or opposite um, ends of the spectrum, but they don't need to be gendered because they totally overlap. Um, I really like to use the word strength and beauty. Um, I sometimes like to use the word vulnerability instead of beauty, but I think beauty is a bit more all-compassing, like uh, a broader term. And I think what's nice about these two um, words is it brings more of a sense of equality and also more of a sense of union. Um, and the whole universe is about unity, right? We are part of the universe, you know, from the day we're born, we're on borrowed time you know, our matter and our spirit will go back to the universe once our transient light <laughs> has, has faded, you know? And um, I think that's a really beautiful thing. Um, I don't know if that's starting to answer the question. I might be yes. off topic a little bit, um, but that, that's how I see it. So I think when masculine um, energies, for example, traditionally you'd use that for energies of authority or strength, um, uh, or like more sort of defensive, harder um, energies, we can just use strength. We can use words like strength. And actually we can start to use 
more effective words for these characteristics. You know, this is not a feminine energy. This is a also a strong energy. It's a strength energy. It's a powerful energy. It's a intuitive energy. It's a beautiful energy. It's a caring energy. And um, by using language like this, you make it more accessible to anyone to um, relate to, right? Um, because I think sometimes when you draw a card and it's masculine, there's like a pressure that you need to you need to relate to it. And if we use that kind of gender language, that can be a barrier. I love that. I mean, I mean, masculine and feminine, there are labels that we've assigned to certain kind of energies, but the energies exist without that label or not. If you go back to uh, to ancient Greece and they had the gods and the goddesses, but each god and goddess, they yes, they had masculine and feminine qualities, but they both have their opposite. For example, Aphrodite was also Aphroditus, who was like the, 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 the blending of both masculine and feminine energy. And that's where the word hermaphrodite came from, because it was both of those blends. So it's interesting how language has increasingly become more rigid. And now we're at a point where language needs to evolve to, to and change those heavy and um, heavy connotations that we have on those words and just create new words for it. And I found myself many times just wondering, okay, I also sometimes get triggered when I went with masculine and feminine energies. I'm like, but what do I call it? How can I start embodying and, and use different labels to communicate these words? And I love how you used strength and beauty. It makes perfect sense. And, um, and I, I think also because I speak Greek and I speak Spanish as well. And I'm also trying to have those conversations with people in those languages. And I'm like, how do I communicate non-binary, for example, to my mom? I was having a conversation to my mom. I'm like, they, they exist in, uh, they, them is like how we, we call it in English. But in Greek, it sounds the same. It's written differently, but it's the same sound <laughs> for... <laughs> Uh, for he sorry she her and they them the exact same sound i'm like Maybe. how do i communicate how do we have those conversations so i think this is a, a great opportunity for everyone to start thinking in, in whatever language they're speaking how can they start evolving the language because change comes with us so let's talk about the uh well as i was going through the deck yesterday reviewing it for youtube i found myself asking certain questions so i want to okay. share them with you so in the suit of swords and we're going to talk about the symbolism in every single suit you i noticed you use butterflies and you use mm -hmm. the eye in every single card almost so <laughs> why, why is that i'm like hmm why <laughs> what's the symbolism so um as I said, I started this deck, it was for me, I was actually making it by hand um, with pens, and it was just gonna be a one-off deck. So I use symbols that um, have repeatedly been really important to me and like unique, you know, ones that just resonated with me. The reason I love the symbol of the butterfly is it's a symbol that I have been using since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, I've been drawing butterflies and it is an image of transformation. Um, and I think with the, house of swords this is all about my mind and i think i wanted to shift the focus of this uh this this realm on how the mind is transformed and like while we're alive like it's not about refining our knowledge and our wisdom to you know not being dogmatic and saying actually how can i be wiser by opening my mind how can i be transformed um how can i believe anything if i'm not willing to challenge it 
Um, so I wanted to sort of thread the butterfly throughout um, the whole of the swords, um, to sort of as a little reminder that like this is there's an opportunity to change your mind, to challenge your mind, um, and it, I think it also reflects the sword quite well. You know, it's like the sword is double-edged in tarot traditionally. Um, the butterfly has two wings. There's two sides to every story. It felt very um, appropriate. Um, and the eye, um, another symbol that I use a lot. <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit of a reminder of the divine. So in the first tarot deck that I created, the Trinity Tarot, um, there's a lot of focus on the eye being a symbol of divinity. Um, and I think for me, um, leaving religion, it was this sudden realization that I have to rely on my own mind and my own intelligence. And that actually I already have a slice of the divine within me. Um, and so I find that symbol very empowering. Like, no, you can trust your mind, you know, um, as long as you're not closing your mind and as long as you're not, um, you know, just being swayed by anything that's said. Um, if you are honestly trying to be open-minded and, and stay interested and not be afraid of being wrong, um, then that, I think that's the spirit of the divine. Um, so, yeah. Help. <laughs> yes, of course. It, it, it puts the story together. As soon as I saw the butterflies, I am like, okay, that's change, it's transformation. And then the I am like, okay, it's about looking within. And I'm, I'm glad you share the, the way you perceive it in your personal story. It makes the deck sort of uh, so much more personal. So let's talk about the other suits as well, because you changed the name of the cups to vessels, yep. which I, 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 I laughed a little when, when I saw it because it was like, oh my God, there are different types of vessels here. We have boxes <laughs> and then we we have paints and we have like all these different types of vessels. So why did you remain, rename cups to vessels? What's the significance there mm. for you? So before I even started this deck and um, I'd spent the last couple of years thinking about the, the theme of transience, I had this sort of phrase that I had sort of formulated in my head, which was that we are temporary vessels of eternity. Um, you know, I'd lost my faith and I had to find a concise way of stating what I do believe. <laughs> um, and that was that I am a temporary vessel of eternity. And actually, so the original, when I first published this, self-published it, it had a different cover. It was the skull that I used for the um, crown of vessels. And that was actually the leading image of the whole project. And it's this idea of this earthly skull, this skull that has a limited life lifespan and it's, it's tangible, it rots away. and magically it gets the opportunity to hold a slice of eternity and you know what encouragement does that give us to like take advantage and like use that life that we have while we have it um so from that phrase that temporary vessel of eternity i when i looked at the at the hearts i felt that that was appropriate it kind of crosses over because you know the skull represents the mind, but is the, is the is the heart, it's the cups. But I felt that that was very appropriate as well. Um, and of our heart being like this vessel, which we manage the incomings, the outgoings. Um, and it also gave me the opportunity to take one of the suits and just have lots of fun with it. Because I couldn't decide on one. The others I found quite easy to stick with one. Whereas I was like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I went to use paint tubes. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so 
It was it was so much fun to to like work with and and just see because every single card has a different kind of vessel and I'm like this is just ingenious because like why just have the same camps over and over again in every single deck so it was like more creative so let let's move on to the suit of wands now this is pretty uh, traditional in the sense that you have wands well kind of. Kind of, it's it's wands, but there are flowers there as well. So talk to me about uh, how you you imagined or reimagined this suit. So um, the flowers that I used throughout, they're kind of they look like daisies, um, but they um, I referenced a Bible verse basically, um, and I'm going to paraphrase this. It's not word for word, but the Bible verse basically likens our lives to um, flowers or lilies in the field that one day they're out and they're being beautiful <laughs> in the grass and at the end of summer they're tossed into the furnace which sounds really <laughs> terrifying but I just thought that was really beautiful this beautiful as again being a temporary vessel of eternity um it's another symbol that grounds that house to the idea of transience that um our spirit um is, is fleeting but very beautiful and inspiring and I, th I also sort of think of daisy chains. <laughs> you know, I used to spend hours when I was a kid making daisy chains, and I think inspiration. And this is the realm. Um, the one is the realm of inspiration and creativity. Um, the things that truly move you links very closely to childhood and who you are um, at birth and what you're sort of destined to be. So I kind of wanted to bring that kind of child, childlike. Um, feeling again personal symbol and I, I know other people read it in different ways no i love the personal symbols i think that's what makes this deck so uh, unique is that it's very personal and you can tell it feels like it feels very homey <laughs> it feels like it's very personal to the to the to the to the to the reader like using the deck and then we go into the uh the pentacles which you renamed as coins that makes a lot of sense i've seen other decks that have renamed it coins but you retained the, uh, the pentagram symbol. So let's talk about that. So <laughs> I like the use of the pentacle symbol. Um, I So I was quite, I did this quite naively in terms of, I hadn't really looked at many of the decks. I, I, I learned on the Rider Waite Smith. So I hadn't looked at many more decks when I started designing mine. It wasn't really until I self-published when I started talking to other deck creators and um, started building up a collection. Um, I felt like the word pentacle can be a barrier for some people. I didn't want to make this deck more accessible. So I, it was kind of a meet in the middle, really. It was like, oh, I'm going to keep the visual, but I'm going to change the word to be a bit softer. Um, and uh, the sort of reoccurring image in here is, is the fruit and the plants in the garden, which I just love. Um, the symbol of a secret garden is very personal to me again. Um, and. Uh, I was also, I was staying over lockdown, I was staying at my parents um, uh, in the countryside and my mum has this beautiful, beautiful garden that she and um, I think there's a lot of references, there's lots of little references in the deck um, to that garden, to that countryside. Um, all the champion cards, the knight cards, are used birds, um, uh, one of which is um, kites that fly around in that area. So. Again, that was more of a personal symbol <laughs> that just comes back to um, where I was, I guess, when I was making it. 
I love it. And I, I agree with you that pentacles can seem limiting for some people because, I mean, they're very connected to, um, to witchcraft as well. Mm -hmm. So coins, I think, makes it more accessible to everyone. And then you have the, um, the past, present, future cards yeah which I, w I was going through it while i was like reviewing it without like thinking about it and i'm like hmm, i i'm sure there is a connection between the cards i'm just gonna share them here so everybody can yeah. see i'm like i started putting them together i mean I, I see a dna strand i wonder if they fit in together and they do and it's basically one single image divided into three cards and then you have the past where you plant the seeds you have the present where the seeds are growing and then the future they grow into trees which it's, it's a beautiful symbolism now talk to us a little bit about those cards and why you chose to include them um so three is a very important number to me um partly because it relates to the past present future but it also um for me relates to the sort of three ways that the divine is manifested um the church that i grew up in don't believe in the trinity although that's usually part of christianity um and i when i was challenging my beliefs i looked into the trinity a lot and um i started having these sort of realizations in my study that three was so important in understanding how the divine works in terms of unity and um i was always taught that god is one and um it's true like the divine is one we are all part of this one thing you know i'm a unit your unit but we're part of a larger unit and so i kind of see that as a, a three-part manifestation <laughs> um and the present the one in the middle is where we currently sit and that's where the divine and humanity kind of like collide you know we are physical matter but we have the ability to be spiritual and to love and to create and to um, imagine and to sadly hate and all sorts. Um, and it's become quite understood now that one of the one of the most important things to understand in living well and healthily is to practice presence and to be present, not to be judged or um, by the past or to be stuck in the past, but also not to be you know engulfed in anxiety about the future and i open i open the, the guidebook with a poem about sitting in the neck of um an hourglass the idea being that the, the future is above you the past is behind you and you just have to sit at it it's on the back of the cards yeah. you have to sit in that center um so i thought i wanted to bring that that three out in these bonus cards and what i try to do with the helix is sort of show the micro and the macro visuals. So we start with the past with the DNA and the future, the whole universe, to try and get that, to visually show that that hourglass and what this is, that we are sitting yeah. in such a huge, unfathomable, un <laughs> something that we can't comprehend how large it is. Yes. And how that's such a privilege, that's such a privilege and such a beautiful thing that we have. Um, I think that's something that we can take so much courage from and encouragement and um, gratitude with, um, you know, to embrace transience, to embrace that everything has an end. We have to be able to see the joy without any promise of something ahead. You know, um, you can't guarantee what's coming next, um, but you shouldn't need that to feel peace and joy. If 
kind of thing. I think that these three cards, the past and the present, the future, perfectly describe the essence of this deck because it's the transient light tarot. It's all about change. It's all about transformation. And I think those three cards just like encapsulate this energy. It's the past that's changing into the present, which is symbolized by the hourglass that's constantly flowing and changing, and then going into the future, which is also like ever expanding and unknown and just constantly changing. What a beautiful way to perceive life and tarot is a way to to mirror life and to guide us in living our life is there a specific way that you would like people to work with these three cards no i i kind of left it up to people to interpret how they how they like i mean how i how i prefer to use them i use them two ways either i leave them in the deck and i just use it as like if it comes up as a card i just use that as a focus card okay we need to think about future we need to think about the present um some people i've seen that some people um on social media use them almost like a uh a spread map so they just they lay them out on the table and then they pick a card for each um one suggestion that having the guidebook is that if you turn them around and put them back in the deck and shuffle um then whichever ones they sort of face whichever ones they kiss are the cards that you choose so if you want to do a past present future reading um so go wild with it <laughs> use that how you like yeah um, i'm quite happy with that yeah, another thing that makes this, this deck differently, like use the cards the way you want to make it your own. I think I yeah. think you actually say that at some point in the in the guidebook, like make this tarot practice your own and use the deck how you like it. I like how open and accessible it is. I found myself as I, I grew on my spiritual path going away from tarot a little bit, although like I'm still obsessed and I have like a whole selection of decks because of the of the <coughs> archaic symbolism that I didn't want to relate to sometimes. Uh, so, But these cards just brought me closer a little bit because I'm like, you know what? I don't need to use this specific symbolism. I can use uh, like more neutral symbols that still help me understand those kind of energies oh my goodness Ari thank you so much for sharing your beautiful deck with the world I know you have a coupon code lit up to give people 20% off can you talk a little bit about that yeah of course um, so that works on my website so if you order um, a deck from ariwisner.com and use the code lit up um, that is it isn't it lit yes, up that's why right. <laughs> um, then you'll then you'll get a a um, a discount and um, all the decks I sell through my website are signed um, and hand wrapped by me and like the ones on Amazon just saying <laughs> um, and uh, yeah and that's that's valid um, I think until the end of the year so um, go use it perfect thank you so much can you please let everyone know where they can get in touch with you sure um, so you, you can get in touch via my website as well um, ariwisner.com or um, Instagram is my most preferred social platform, and that's just Ari underscore Wisner um, on Instagram. And it's the same again for uh, TikTok, if anyone is using that. Perfect. And all the links will be available in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And I'm so excited for everyone to experience the magic of the Transient Light Tarot. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before you go, make sure to grab your free workbook to find your life purpose at georgelizas.com forward slash life purpose. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 